Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. I'm Sister Danielle Victoria, and I'm here with Sister Bethany, Sister Teresa Alethea, Sister Benedicta. And we're all back together because our Patreon subscribers have submitted some questions and we're hanging out. So we're looking forward to answering some of those questions and having a good time. And we hope you have a good time with us. So Sister Bethany, what were some of those questions that we got? So we got two questions on Patreon from Jeff and Ryan. Ryan, that's who it is. Thank you. So Jeff and Ryan both asked us actually funnily enough, uh, media questions. So Ryan was asking us if we've seen Ted Lasso and Jeff was asking us if we've seen The Chosen. And so, sisters, I pose this question to you now. <laughs> have we have you guys seen either? Have you seen have you seen Ted Lasso? We'll start with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well only because this question was asked. <laughs> we read your answer. question, Ryan, and we were like, no, we've not seen it. Hilariously, I've actually never heard, I had never heard of the TV show until this past weekend. It got brought up in my life three different times. My dad told me about it. Ryan's question came up and somebody posted about it on Twitter. And they were like, you should watch it. Huh. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, similar thing happened to you, right? Sister Alethea, someone suggested to watch it or? I had actually, I've seen it um, with my sister. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and I really enjoy the show. So was that while you were on vacation? Yeah. 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 That's the other thing. Like seeing these shows now, they're like really only on particular uh, broadcasting yeah. channels, right? Streaming so platforms, like streaming. Yeah. yeah, right. So you have to have Apple in order yeah. to get it. I know I didn't get to finish the season because I left and I don't have <laughs> Apple TV. <laughs> That's sad because it is really witty. Yeah, it's very it's really funny. Witty. I really so maybe we it. can finish the whole season in like the next two weeks, guys. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> maybe I'll just follow your Apple TV. <laughs> well, see, because I got a new iPhone recently, so they gave me a free year of Apple TV. Yes, so we helpful. were able to sit down and watch the first two episodes together. So that's what we did last night, and, and it was really rice. fun. And it was fun, but I also have thoughts. Oh, All right. please. So my first thought is, I just wish it was a little bit more chill with the language in the innuendo just mm, to say yeah. like I found mm. it actually really distracting from the value of the humor of the show like okay so okay yes I am a nun but also and I don't terribly care for the language in the innuendo generally but it is hard to find good entertainment that yeah. doesn't have a lot of that um, but this was a little bit more I think than I was expecting and I found it kind of distracting me from the really cool theme of the show that I was kind of starting to pick up on building. And it wasn't until like afterwards when I was kind of able to think about it a little bit more that I realized how much was really going on that I was liking because I just kept being distracted by it. So that was that was just my one real critique of it. Can you just for anyone who might be coming in on this from not totally knowing about it. I don't know how they would know less than we about it, but <laughs> Google it first of all. But it's just... even more cloistered than this. <laughs> just give like a, a short synopsis of the premise of the of yeah. The, the so series. the show is about a guy who is asked to. He's a a, a football coach, um, kind of a minor football coach in the American U.S. American football yeah, like college coach. Level. And then he is asked by a, a woman who owns a soccer team in England to take over the soccer team. And he knows really nothing about soccer. And she's doing this on purpose to kind of get back at her ex-husband who used to own the team and really loves the team. And she wants to just run it into the ground. So 
Ted Lasso is kind of, the thing I really like about the show is his character is really kind of um, very emotionally mature, but at the same time, he kind of has this innocent naivety about him that is really just delightful. And he just enjoys life and people. He loves people. So he's just kind of an edifying person. Like everyone he talks to, he's interested in them. Like one of the big things is that he knows um, the water guy's name, Nathan. He like remembers his name. He always talks to him like he's an equal. He never has kind of these power issues. Um, and he's just a cool, regular, normal guy and very likable and lovable. So that's what I like about it. Yeah, he's an interesting foil um, to all to that environment. First of all, to, it's like him being so such an optimist, and so like you said, you kind of go back and forth. Like, how naive is he, really? You know what I mean. But then he has issues at home. We don't know what those are yet. You know, whatever's happening there, and so you wonder, like, what's really going on for this guy? You know, like, why is he this way? He's almost like impenetrable in his optimism, right? Mm -hmm. But it also brings out the quality of others that like their own struggle or like the struggle in themselves of choosing the good or choosing their anger or choosing their ego or so I I feel like he's such an interesting foil for the storyline. Yeah, I was at first the first like maybe 10 or 15 minutes I was like this guy's so fake and then like <laughs> by the end of the second season I'm like he's so genuine I love him please protect him <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to say in a really strange way he kind of reminds me of some of our sisters yes, yes I can <laughs> see that. Probably the sisters, sisters who joined of. in high school yeah. and they just have they have an impenetrable op- mm, optimism that at do. first when you first encounter it you're just like dude you're so fake and then a few (laughs) weeks later you're like wow that's 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 real real. (laughs) but it's just a wholesomeness that it just yeah it's yeah I was thinking of all of that and and I think probably I'm thinking some of the same sisters as you are and I was hearing what um the same thing that sister Danielle was bringing out of just like how he was pulling it out of other people Mm -hmm. and you could see their like they're being torn between two things of like living the way that they've been living and staying with the attitude that they have and like being sucked into his joy and his simplicity and his willingness to celebrate other people and things. And I got the image in my mind of the woman in the parable of what the kingdom of God is like the leaven that the woman took and mixed in with a large batch of dough right until the entire thing was leavened and I just thought like how cool that he's going into this environment that's like super full of itself like Ego is like the Mm -hmm. biggest thing that's happening in this entire building. And he's just kind of slowly like breaking that down and people are responding to it. And I thought that was really neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like even like taking that literally in the sense that those treats that he's given his boss, you know, or whatever his partner, you know, though. Biscuits with the boss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That he hand makes them, you know, but then he puts them in this like special pink boxes. So he meets her in her world Mm -hmm. and, and gives her something exclusive. Yeah, you know, and and she's gonna find out that that exclusive something that she's delighting mm-hmm. in was handmade by him, and she can only get it through him. And then I'm sure there's gonna be an analogy there, oh, or like, sure. yeah. So it's kind of fun. I feel like they are really, like they it's it's immediately challenging personally. I think, and not in like this big profound way, but in this very simple way. Like what. We all have tons of stuff going on in our lives, I'm sure, in different capacities that are stretching us. And we see 
the different aspects of our own personalities or like how we deal with 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 the weightier things. And he's just so simple before them. I actually my favorite character right now is his buddy. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's so deadpan. Yeah. What is his <laughs> name even? I, don't I think they call him Coach Beard. Beard. Oh, yeah. Right. And I didn't know if that's because his name was Beard or because he has a beard. I'm not really <laughs> sure. But either way, that's yeah. what they called him. I, I really like him because it they're they're so de- they're even dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. You know? Like there's just something in that simplicity together that is knowing. Yeah. I love my favorite character so far. I mean, we're only two episodes in, but my favorite character is Nathan, the water boy. Yeah. And just like, (laughs) you watch him go from this, like, just so, um, his self-esteem is like below zero. And he's just kind of like, he's trying not to be noticed. He's trying not to incur the wrath of anyone around him. He's just, um, he's not, it, it almost comes across like he doesn't know who he is. But when... Ted sees him and like really sees him and remembers his name and calls him by his name and even calls him by a nickname. And every the first few times he calls him by his name, um, Nate, he'll Ted will say like Nate. And Nathan will kind of look behind him and be like, "Who is he talking to?" He's like, "Can we just assume that you're the only Nathan I know?" And just like, <laughs> "I need you over here, buddy." Um, and I just watch love. I've loved watching him, even just in the two short episodes we've watched, watching him kind of come alive in the person of who he is because he's recognized by of who he like by who he is and by his name. Mm-hmm. He's being called by his name. And so so far, my favorite person has been Nathan. Also, I have a brother named Nathan, so I like the name. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So. And the realization that he has more to contribute because he yeah. starts giving input as t- yeah. to the coaches mm-hmm. of like, you know, the the players gifts and the players difficulties and and things like that so like that's that's their game plan yeah like they walk into the environment with like this is our game plan how are we going to win these people yeah like step number one is build community yeah that's really cool he fixes all of the broken things and creates ambiance and camaraderie yeah Yeah, it's incredible and I love that, like, I'm just going back to the Nathan thing, but when Ted asks Nathan for, like, can you make a suggestion box for the guy? <laughs> and he, fun. like, totally takes it and owns it Put and, like, yeah, like yeah. lets his niece help with it. And, like, I just think it's really cute. <laughs> like, like, Gotta bring some glitter into the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Google that. So cute. It's very cute. Pink and fluffy. And even, <laughs> even though he'd, like, it, it could, I don't know, like, maybe people could think it, it's kind of flat, like, in the sense that, like, I, I'm gonna be interested to see how they treat his character because they've made it so clear mm-hmm. who he is and who the team is, and we kind of can predict what's gonna happen. It's gonna be like a, is it gonna be like a witty Disney movie? You know, <laughs> ducks, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like the mighty ducks. Everyone gets along in the end with a lot of apple placement, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But they started it this way. So I'm interested to see how they, they stretch this and, and make it deep and real and human, um, but kind of defy some of our assumptions, you know? So I'm, 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 I'm kind of hooked. You're right, though. Like, there is a lot of innuendo and there is a lot of, like, but I also think that you're introducing into what can be the men's locker room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. And you're introducing um, an optimism and a humanity that is in re- a sensitivity that is really interesting to see. There's part of me that's hoping mm-hmm. like that as the guys grow in their like conversion, quote unquote, that maybe some of that will like lessen somewhat. Yeah. And I feel like, too, it's just kind of like the environment. Like I think of my teenage nephews and, you know, like things like that, that it's just kind of part of the environment that they're in. And yeah. so it's almost a way of just kind of 
even the discomfort that I feel with it of kind mm-hmm. of sitting in their world just a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Also, Ted Lasso kind of, it, it's not like the jokes go over his head or no, anything, but he, but he doesn't wash. participate in them. Yeah. And there is that scene where, um, what's the girl's name who's the girlfriend of the of the star soccer model? The model, yeah, I don't yeah. remember her name. So there's a picture, like a risque picture of her, and he, he takes a piece of tape and like puts it over her breast so that it's not <laughs> as revealing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, I was, I was like, as like crude as it was, I was like, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, and then she like goes a, in there, and, and she, she smiles. sees it, and she smiles. Yeah, yeah. and, and the way he him. relates yeah. to her is like completely not objectifying. Yes, which in and contrast you can see that she to the, feels the way that. that other men are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it it does kind of highlight who he is mm-hmm. that in yeah. that way. So I could see why they included some of that's that true. stuff. That's true. So I'm looking forward to this series. I think it gives a lot to to think about and to pray with. And I love even like thinking about it in relationship to scripture. I mean, people like you can pray with with contemporary film, contemporary yeah. what's yeah. out there, you know, your media that you take in. In fact, I mean, the world hits the real the word of God hits the real stuff of the world and of our lives. So like I just I love that you're bringing that in and making that direct connection because there's something in it. And if we're consuming content, we should be asking ourselves that question because it honors your dignity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to ask it. And like the word of God is really speaking to the deepest part of who we are. So it should hold, it should be able to hold all that human stuff and contextualize it. Yeah. That's something that really captured me actually even about our life as daughters of St. Paul and about the Pauline charism is that one of the first times that I visited the daughters of St. Paul, we decided to watch that Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal. Where that guy's like trapped, uh, Tom Hanks is trapped in the terminal. And it's a great, it's a great film. I actually still like it to this day. And we've watched several other films, but we watched it and then we talked about it afterwards, kind of like we're doing now with this, with Ted Lasso and like, um, just talking about like where humanity sits and where Jesus is and all of it and the parallels to our life. And that's something that I've always loved about our charism is really taking, um, what the world is producing and, and praying with it and praying through it and, um, being intentional about what we consume and why we're consuming it and mm-hmm. what's good and what's not so good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good segue because actually I I recently caught was able to catch up and with the rest of the world and watching The Chosen. I have to say though I came in in the middle and then I wa- I've seen two episodes and one is like one in the middle where I think it's Peter and Andrew sitting in a boat, right? And and it's really not like an a big monumental moment in um, the life of Christ and the apostles that I kind of came in on, but I absolutely loved the humanity of the dialogue in it. And then the second episode was the finale. So I I don't know that I'm like the best litmus for the show or anything like that, but I I do have to say this aspect of being able to enter into the human experience of, like these are real human beings that lived alongside Christ. And really I was – I know this is terrible to say, but I was expecting there to be cheese ball. Like, how can you, <laughs> how can you portray people that we have all prayed with and and had like grown through imagining them in our prayer and in our experiences in life? Like, how can you see them on a TV screen and not expect to be disappointed right. in mm-hmm. some capacity? Mm-hmm. But I, I have to say that I, I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed. I know that people are like all over the map on this, but I thought their dialogue um, was funny witty and the right tone of of goodness and showing their humanity in it you know and then I also 
um, seeing Jesus, I thought he was witty. Jonathan Rumi, you did good. <laughs> you were good, Jesus. And that is like a really high compliment from yeah. a nun. No, yeah. I was really like skeptical. I, I, gen, in general, I hate Jesus movies. Like yeah, I really yeah. can't stand them. They'll great. They really grate on me, and I just think, oh my gosh, that just doesn't. That just doesn't. No, no. Yeah. Even with saints movies, like saints that I love, yeah. it's the same thing. I'm like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> But I, so I I came to this very skeptical and very concerned that I was going to hate it because I actually know Jonathan Rumi. I met him in L.A. and <laughs> he has a skull ring, so he's into Memento Mori. So um, I can talk about that a little bit later. But I, I sent him a Memento Mori rosary and it actually had only four decades on it. But anyway, <laughs> he called me. He's like, sister, is this like a special kind of rosary? <laughs> Anyway. Well, it's, a, it's a human rosary. That's how you know it's handmade. Yeah. <laughs> somebody else got one with six. So. <laughs> Maybe it is for last things. Actually, that could be a new thing. <laughs> Start oh a chapel. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anywho, anyway, sorry. I just like, I, I actually have only watched the first one or the second season, but I watched the whole first season with the sisters in St. Louis because, the, and they had, it was the second time they watched it. They loved it. And I just, that the thing that struck me the most is they capture hu- the humanity of the apostles. Like the only mm. other Jesus movie that I like is Jesus of Nazareth, and that really emphasizes Jesus's divinity. And there are moments, like the moment where he tells the story of the of the prodigal son, that you kind of see a glimpse of his humanity. But in general, he plays plays up the divinity aspect of it. But this show is just very um, down to earth, and you can you can. Imagine yourself among them, kind of goofing off and being an idiot and just being normal. <laughs> and thats I think that's what I love about it. I've only seen a couple of episodes, and I also came to the table with, like, a lot of skepticism. I also, the first episode I watched was the first episode of the second season, which, like, isn't the worst, but also was like, I... I mean, I know the story, but I feel as though I need more context. Like, people know and love these characters in a different way than I know and love them. Um, but I was I was prepared to hate it because I was like, surely it's cheesy. I was surprised <laughs> at how not cheesy it is. I will say my one complaint is I, too, also know Jonathan Rumi from, from Los Angeles um, and being there. And I, I really, I think Jonathan is great, but all I can think of the whole time I'm seeing Jesus is like, wow, he's doing such a good job playing Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so like, he does a great job and he really does capture, um, he really does capture who I like aspects of the Jesus that I know. Um, and which I really love. I'm really loving the apostles. I've only seen Mm -hmm. a few episodes, um, of it admittedly, but, um, because I don't know the apostles personally <laughs> or the, the uh, actors that play the apostles. So I'm really enjoying like getting to know like Simon Peter and Andrew and Mary Magdala, like as, as people as they were. Um, and that's, that's been my favorite part is really like mm-hmm. getting to know these characters who are around Jesus in his daily life. And yeah, so I was pleasantly surprised and I think I'm a convert. I think I do like, I think I do like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to like it, actually. No. Yeah. So that's good. Sister uh, Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching your face from across the room. <laughs> I'm the odd one out who hasn't seen a single episode and doesn't want to. Um, 
I can believe all of my sisters who are telling me that it's lovely and that there's not cheese in it and that it's different from the other Jesus films. My biggest thing is I, my favorite way to pray with scripture is really to just imagine myself in the scene and to just kind of let God show me what he wants me to see in the space. And anytime I've ever watched a scripture film, it messes with that. Like mm -hmm. I find myself going to pray with Lexio and picturing the characters or picturing the set the way they had it or um, wondering if their costuming was even close to accurate or, you know, like that kind of thing. So I find myself really distracted by that and I just don't want it in my prayer. Um, I, I'm not saying that I'm totally set on I'm never going to see it. I'm just saying I haven't yet. And I still have some discerning to do before I do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. and and because it is my favorite way to pray. If that's not somebody's jam and that's not like how they enjoy praying, then cool. Let somebody else it help you with it. It actually might help someone who it's yeah. not. Yeah. Like yeah. I, yeah. I actually that's know someone who has difficulty with imaginative prayer. And he mm -hmm. told me that that show has helped him to, mm -hmm. to imagine himself and pray with scripture more. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. But I can totally relate to that. That makes yeah. sense. And I know I'm in the extreme minority. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's Take also that, for what it's worth. Uh, that was part of the reason I didn't watch The Chosen for so long was the same reason I also like to pray imaginatively with Lexi mm -hmm. Divina. Um, but I was also I was talking to also a friend who was like, I just I couldn't ever picture what the characters would look like or even what Jesus's face looked like. And so it was really helpful to me to see The Chosen and it not be cheesy. She was like, this one, um, Jesus actually looks like he might have closely maybe would have looked like or like he looks more human to me mm -hmm. in this one and and it helps me be able to pray and actually enter into scripture that like the chosen hasn't even covered and so I was like okay that is such a huge gift so I'm like really glad for her that she was able to so yeah I think something that helps me in terms of so the area that's hardest for me in thinking about having someone else play someone or act as someone that I've like, who's entered into the deepest part of my being, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or who knows me through and through. It's like, actually in this, I, I found, and I, again, I haven't seen a whole lot of it. I'm more sitting outside of his relationship with the apostles. And so it's like, who, who is Jesus in relating to them in humor in the exhaustion of the day and asking them to do a hard thing, asking them to redo a hard thing to go further than their capacity. And uh, like, and then also in his relationship with his, with Mary, you know, like who, what does a son look like? You know, so it's been kind of neat to sit and just watch Jesus be a man in the world and not so maybe even not so much my man, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, but but just I I've, I enjoyed that. I really I really enjoyed that because um, he like he just Jonathan Rumi really does do a great job. You can tell that he's praying through what he's living and acting, and he is really giving over himself to the role because the level of authenticity, even in his little smirks and his humor and his subtle kind of gestures, really suggests that like he's really embodying what lending himself his own personality to some extent i mean i don't really know him i don't know him really but just you it feels very authentic you know what i mean and i think that that is just i think that's evidence of of a prayer life honestly i mean um it's not saccharine 
Like, I think that's the biggest thing. We say cheesy in that one, like, mean a lot of things. But, like, this is not even, like, I don't feel like it's overacted really at all. There's some parts, honestly, I don't know how they did that marketing campaign. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's a bit of a marketing campaign in the finale of this last season. And I'm just curious about the paper. <laughs> honestly there's some practical things like and just like but i did also find that kind of interesting as a, a a meditation of like how much setup like jesus had to set you know set the scene he was setting the stage um and i serve in our marketing department in the publishing house i was like that's kind of interesting is that like virus at that so myself i like was researching like what would that actually had to have been and what would have went into that how do they like put those flyers up like who would have had to create those for them you know so like there were some things like that that i thought were kind of interesting but hire a graphic designer yeah I know. <laughs> that's so Divine funny graphics yeah <laughs> But I think it's really neat that they're trying, they're trying to even just think about those things and enter into it. I think that's bold, actually. I think that is pretty bold. And the fact that they're able to do it in a way that isn't um, off-putting. They do kind of of, of midrash, like just exploration of scripture that isn't literal scripture. And when I first realized they were doing that, I was kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, that usually goes right. off a cliff really fast. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some parts where I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. But for the most part, I yeah. think it they they do a really good job. Like, for instance, Matthew, the character of the Apostle Matthew, he really um, is almost autistic. That's how, how they portray him. Like, he's so into numbers and he's kind of like... Um, he has a bit of a like an inability to interact with people like uh, and to read emotions and things like that. But he the that the way that they portray him is like not really found in scripture, but it's kind of an exploration of, of who he is. Like it's a feasible and a possible one that is fascinating and interesting. And they do that a lot with not just characters, but the storyline and things like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a neat invitation to ask those questions in, when reading scripture. Like, who, who is that person? Yeah. What might they be thinking? What does that what mean about really their character? Like? Yeah. yeah. And that I find, that that's interesting and provocative, even just in itself. Yeah, that's yeah. the part that I'm really loving. Yeah, and that's yeah. what they do very well. I yes. feel like they're good students of this method that they've chosen, and that's what's bold about it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, I'm sure that they... They have study guides. They probably do. I don't know. Signed. I don't know. But anyway, I know that they have like a whole thing on, on their website. But it would be neat to kind of see how they approach. I am curious how they they chose to construct the whole world of mm -hmm. how they're approaching and kind of the scaffolding of how they're approaching this the scriptures. Can I just say what? This is kind of fun for me. Like just okay. So we all have very different tastes and what we typically like to consume as far as media goes. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you're even asking those questions about it is like <laughs> one of the things that just super highlights our differences in this area. <laughs> and you're like your personality. And so like, I'm like what's the strategy? <laughs> yeah. Because for me, like I just like to just kind of immerse myself in the thing. And I do I do love technique and I – I love like I'm more likely to deconstruct a special effect and you're more likely to deconstruct like the, the psychology of all the people behind it. You know, <laughs> like I just kind of love that. It's really fun. 
That is fun. That makes our life fun. No, it is fun. And <laughs> and actually, that's something that like, and this is kind of a segue off topic, but um, that's something I love about our community life, that even like the four of us sitting around the table, like we kind of push each other to not push, but like um, invite each other to watch things that like we would never watch on our own. Um, like Sister Alethea and I were in formation together and our taste in movies could not be more opposite. <laughs> and that's true of Sister Danielle and I too. Yeah. We were in formation yeah. together and our taste in I'm music, like, movies. I'm like, let's watch a Pixar movie. And they're like, no. <laughs> yep. The the story that, that we tell everyone about that is after we watched Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, which is a very abstract, odd kind of movie. Um, at the end of it, I said, wow, that was amazing. And at the exact same time, Bethany was like, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It'd been a long day. I was also waiting for, like, the plot to emerge. And I was like, what is happening? Why are there dinosaurs? But it was funny because I I later read that at con, that was the exact uh, response of the audience. Like, half of them stood up and clapped and half of them booed. Yeah. (laughs) It was really funny that it was, like, simultaneous that we were both, you were like, wow. No, (laughs) I'm never watching that again. I think it's been ten years since we've watched nine years something since we've watched it together. And I'm I'm finally at the point where I'm like, maybe I would be willing to watch it again. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I love that movie. And for our formation, I would be like, that was a really stressful day. We should watch a Muppet movie, not knowing. And Sister Danielle would be like, oh, oh, is that what you would find fun? And I had no idea that this was like a major penance. for her was to do these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, that would be me too. Yeah. I, had, so, I had only seen a few Disney films growing up and I loved them, but I didn't even know about how many there actually were. So it was impossible to see. And this is why in formation we take turns picking them. This is true. Yeah, because we would be, and that's what I have actually found really enriching because otherwise I would stay in my very comfy little genre bubble mm-hmm. that wouldn't include a whole lot of variety. Um, and I feel like we have all just kind of helped each other in picking different things that we maybe wouldn't have seen. And then finding meaning in things that you were cracking up and I'm really curious to know why. <laughs> Are you thinking of the movie we watched for Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so you know, you know it's not a good film when all of us with all of our diverse tastes... <laughs> The worst part is that can't even Pick get through it. What was that movie called? I don't think we should even say. I don't think I don't think we need to say, but it was. I was just trying to be decisive. No, you gave you know me choices. We gave her you know four movies. Okay. She picked one. But so we, we all stuck through it. It was like a it was like a kids Nickelodeon movie. I Listen, I just know I now that you're my ride or dies. Because yeah, you sat through that whole movie and I hated it. Was it. So I sat there for you and you sat there for me. I was like, it's her girl. birthday. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. I think we were all on our phones watching. We were. Who who like finally broke the? Nobody did. It was like we watched the whole thing no but but what i will say is a a month or two later we were watching a movie Uh we were like seven or eight minutes into it none of us were feeling it we all felt safe to say can we turn this off well i was the birthday girl at that moment and i was like this is bad and everyone was like yes 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 turn it off (laughs) 
that's community so, love, y'all. So growing <laughs> together in that way as well. Yeah. <laughs> I remember during that movie, I went to the bathroom, and, and at the end of the movie, someone said, I thought you were never going to come back. <laughs> that was me. I really <laughs> thought you were just leaving. Actually, I thought about when, it. When you left, she goes, I don't think she's coming back. I was like, I don't think so either. <laughs> And you came back and we were all like, oh. Yeah. Seriously, it was like, it's her birthday, it's her birthday, it's her birthday. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I was losing it over no, here. It's because of that it. movie. I love it. No, I just love that it, it, we really get to to watch different genres that we wouldn't normally watch. And it. I, I know I'm better for it because... I would just watch the same movies over and yeah, over again. Totally. Yeah, totally. No, totally. One thing I learned, because I'm kind of intense, and I like serious movies. I like truth, like real movies about real situations. They can be historical fiction, but I like to know that I'm looking at something real. But I, I honestly, I learned a lot from watching fiction, you know, and even Disney. Like, there's a lot going on in those films in, in a lot of different ways. And not only that, like, when life is really kind of intense, which postulancy is, you're going deep psychologically, <laughs> it actually is healthy to, like, have to yeah. schedule in, like, light moments where you do not have to use that part of your brain you are you're engaged in like intensely for the whole time yeah which is why when i watch a movie i'm like turn off my brain i would like to laugh at something or like whatever and so that's why when we watched the tree of life i was like what the heck (laughs) and i know like for me so my background just has involved like a lot of junk right like drama and violence Mm -hmm. and different things and so when I see that in a film, sometimes I can find myself really stressed out. Yeah. And so I tend to avoid genres that kind of include that stuff just because I know it's good for me to not have to be around it. But what that's done is my favorite talk that I ever give, whether it's to kids or to adults or whatever, is based on the movie Moana. Yes, it's yeah. a good and I really, I really find that to be just a beautiful portrayal of Christian discipleship, mm-hmm. of the life of a Christian mm-hmm. and um, the sanctification of a Christian person. And and mission. And I just think that that's like that's really incredible. And so for me, like I love when Tolkien talks about fairy tales mm-hmm. and or he calls them fairy stories. And he says that um, that in order for it to really be a, a fairy story, it has to be taken totally seriously. It's mm-hmm. not like just magic for the sake of magic, but that it has to be taken seriously. And that when we really look at it, that we know that the the whole of the of the human mystery is there and like the best story ever told right it's another film that i've never seen um is contained in all of these stories that we tell and good fiction is compelling because it pulls us into the real true human experience which includes the paschal mystery so for me like that's why i love those hero stories that's why i love superheroes and um fantasy and Disney characters and things like that because they are kind of lighthearted but still thoughtful usually sometimes sometimes they miss the mark but often thoughtful ways of kind of kind of pulling us in in a kind of low stakes way to these stories that we can break open a little bit more freely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I mean in, in all truth even in documentaries and I mean there's always yes. the the filmmaker producer the influence of the person who's constructing the film themselves so like in and even is it totally true (laughs) you know what I mean like there's always some kind of influence in that um but I what I can appreciate even kind of connecting with 
fiction children even more like geared towards children's films is like there is real intention and so i that's where i found that i could really enjoy those other kinds of films is like Mm -hmm. there was like to look for those strands and the deeper things that are being brought to even a younger level of digestion which becomes much more significant to me in our mission you know thinking about how do we take these truths about christ and what and prepare kids even for what they're going to encounter later How do you communicate that to them? And yeah. And sometimes, like Paul says, we need baby food. You know. Where is that in the (laughs) letters? (laughs) Dear Philippians, you need baby food. It's a a fair place. (laughs) Let's bring it back up. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's movie talk. Right there. That is. That's what happens yeah. when you ask media nuns about mi- media. Yeah, we go on for 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought it might be longer. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Jeff and Ryan, Ryan for your questions. And if you want to learn more about how to support um, our mission and our podcast, so thank you, Ryan and Jeff. <laughs> I'm like, I need a nugget. What's my nugget? Where am I going? Where are we sailing? Yeah. So thank you, Jeff and Ryan, for these awesome questions that led into this beautiful conversation. And for those of you who are tuning in to the conversation, these are questions that were posed through our Patreon account. So if you would like to get on and support um, the cutting edge of our mission, our podcast, and other efforts that the Daughters of St. Paul are doing through the thedaughtersproject.com, you can check us out there. And you can subscribe to our Patreon, become a patron at any level. And we're really looking forward to being able to develop more and more content as we move forward. And we need your feedback to find out what do you want? What do you want to hear? And how have you enjoyed this episode? So leave a note or join us there at thedaughtersproject.com. And we have our third season coming out uh, mid-August. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have Father Harrison Air on the pod. And I've been the one editing it, and it's been a delight. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that, too. So it'll be great times. So, yeah, thanks for joining cool. us. Thanks for joining Thank us. Everyone. Have a great day. Praying for you. God bless you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. God bless you. Pray for us. I love how very cool was the end of the prayer. (laughs) Amen. Very cool. AKA, amen. This millennial nun's amen. Very cool.